It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. G'day and welcome to the COB. Andrew joined by Annette. Annette, um, yeah, look, it actually started out today looking pretty good, but then we quickly lost momentum. In fact, we finished the day about you know, down around a quarter of a percent. Yeah, I have to say it, it just started off coincides with me, but the market was pretty perky at 11 when I was on today. I think it was up about sort of 0.3, 0.4, looking positive. But as we were just discussing, though, I mean, it's not a down day when you're down, you know, 50 points. Like, it's it's not a crash. It's not a correction. It just seems to be a lack of conviction day. Well, it may be cumulative when you talk about a pullback. Um, you know, let's see where the market's been over the past month or so. And, of course, October. Yeah, generally, the people I'm speaking to are saying, yeah, look, we can expect further down days over the course of this month. Mm. Um, in fact, uh, on that point, I was speaking to Nathan Somersadaram earlier from Deep Data Analytics, and uh, you know he's saying with bond yields and the US dollar at these levels, equity markets, you, they can't all coexist where we're at right now. So Something has to crack. Yeah, so something <laughs> has to give, exactly right. So he's actually expecting the market to come off a little more uh, as we try and sort this out, see where we're going forward, and with so many different dynamics at play mm-hmm. at the moment. Well, it's you know it depends on uh, we shouldn't be ageist here, but quite a few of us of you know extra vintages remember when long term cash rates used to be five, six, seven percent. So having a ten year bond yield at one point six to some of us it sounds extraordinarily low. For an economy that's sort of not that far off full employed, coming out of into recovery, I should say, you know, it, all the rates seem too low. So if rates are too low, we have to have a second look at equity valuations. Yeah, but we take it, you know, we keep hearing a, a normalisation of rates, but has that changed? What is normal now? Well, I mean, that's what people are busy doing and that's what markets love to do. I mean, you need the first rate hike to get the OIS strip excited of, okay, well, what am I pricing in over the next 12 months? And even a couple of conversations today, there's still push here in Australia for OIS to price in a rate hike by November 22. And every time that happens, the RBA comes out swinging saying, will you stop pricing in rate hikes? But, you know, it's hard when... I think about six central banks have already started tightening. I don't know what the new normal is. Um, all I've read so far is the RBNZ are looking to get to two, and that causes a few people to melt down in horror. So what is the new normal? We're not there. No, we're not. Uh, all right, so Annette, um, just looking at those performing on the market today. Uh, in fact, earlier this morning, Westpac uh, came out and said it's going to take a $1.3 billion hit. Mm. Um, that uh, Most of that is a $965 million write-down on its institutional bank, um, so that you know a lot of impairment there to uh, to consider. Uh, CSL was out with its AGM along with Telstra, 
And in fact, uh, CSL uh, looking at um, post a, a profit of between two point one five and two and a quarter billion US dollars. Look, not bad given it, it's been struggling obviously with its uh, blood, blood, blood plasma. Yeah. Um, Blood plasma, that's Blood what I was plasma. trying to say. Yeah, yeah business, particularly in the States in terms of collections because COVID really hit that. Well, we, we dipped in um, when I was on this morning and now you can jump on an app and basically book yourself in. So I think whatever gets customers to donate faster is certainly good for CSL profits mm. going forward. So you need technology to get you know, old-fashioned old concept of going to sign up. And if you can use technology to get people in the door, then, you know, that's a good thing. Yeah, you would have been disappointed, I guess. You've been holding CSL shares for at least the past year. They're actually down um, by a couple of percent. But uh, today, they're actually up a couple of percent, um, up 1.8, I think, uh, finishing the day for CSL. Yeah, it yeah, sounded I mean, like the clouds are clearing for CSL. Yeah, I think so. so, and that's certainly what the company was outlining today at its AGM. Uh, we also uh, had some guidance there from Goldmine and Newcrest, the biggie, on the, the local bourse there, uh, talking about new gold and copper projects. For the um, next 10 years. Really bullish about copper, no mm-hmm. surprise there. That goes to that theme of the electrification of the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the short term, seeing a bit of weakness there, attributed to China. Yeah, it, it is, but I guess they've got the right gold and copper in the right places. The fact that they've got a 10-year plan and they've really cut costs as well, so getting those costs of production down gives you a really good margin buffer going forward just in case prices don't keep these lofty levels. So I think this is a good strategic play. Speaking of China, of course, they had the holiday um, last week. Evergrande back on the horizon, well, actually front and centre because it missed another payment. Missed, uh, yeah, yeah, missed another payment. But I don't know, maybe I spoke to the wrong people today, but it didn't seem to rattle the markets like it did before. Maybe because we're hearing some noises behind the scenes with uh, trying to repair the damage to reputation. But, of course, there's still plenty of headlines about not bailing out property developers. That can't be a surprise when that common prosperity is front and centre and bailing out property billionaires is not one of them. Now, Annette, have you been to the shop? Have you had your hair cut? No, and no. I've been here in the (laughs) studio, but I have enjoyed having a quick walk at lunchtime, just seeing people back. As you know, we're here in Barangaroo, lots of restaurants and cafes around here. Seeing people sit down and catching up is certainly something I look forward to doing soon. A lot of my friends are queuing up to get their hair done, nails done. Now, that all sounds very frivolous, but when we've pretty much tapped out on the good side. So it is the services sector that will really benefit from this, this reopening trade. Yeah, that's uh, certainly what the expectation is, particularly as we head into Christmas. Although, you know, I guess a retailer is still going to do well in terms of, you know, people are still willing to open their uh, pockets at the moment because of the, where those household saving rates are. But um, interesting also how this has played out, the lockdown, of course, in uh, vacancy rates. Uh, in fact, I was talking to Louis Christopher from SQM uh, saying that Sydney and Melbourne are off more than 8%. Yeah, I, actually, I read the report because uh, I thought I was interviewing him. So I got all the information without, uh, without the interview. I thought it was also interesting that rents in houses are up double digit 
whereas apartments are up only two something percent. So again, that's just telling you the shift that uh, that bigger households looking for detached homes. Vacancy rates in the city is very different to vacancy rates in homes in the suburbs. So really, we need borders to open international and state because apartments are still being left behind. Yeah, well, that's right. Particularly those international students, as you say, that's uh, really killing that uh, the market in the inner city and certainly in in Melbourne and Sydney at the moment. Annette, um, let's get to our uh, stock of the day or stocks, I should say. Now, perhaps um, we we misinterpreted this initially because this is all about stocks for a crash. Yes. Not what to buy now, but actually (laughs) post-crash. And Koshi... Uh, he spoke to uh, Mark Mullen from Team Invest and Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. And Scott chose uh, Washington H. Soul Pets, while Mark selected Fisher & Paykel. What I choose is Washington H. Soul Patents. And, mate, I own the shares for full disclosure. S-O-L is the code. If you get a chance to buy them on the cheap, if you get a chance to buy them at 15, 20, 25, 30% lower than the current share price because the market freaks out, they are literally handing out free money. So Soul Pats for mine is just too good to ignore. If you want to find a great, really genuinely great business, a super long-term hold run by super long-term focus management, they don't come any better than Soul Pats on the ASX. And if you get a chance to buy it, when the market's throwing out with the bathwater, then that's an even better way to do it. Anyway, the company I chose for a safe company to be in in a crash was Fisher & Paykel Healthcare, uh, FPH. Yep. Um, it's actually quite very good value at the moment. This is a, a non-cyclical business because remember, what you want is if there's a major drop in the market, if you don't want to lose your money, uh, you don't want companies that are highly indebted, that's for sure. Fisher mm-hmm. & Paykel's got virtually no debt. Uh, it's in the it's a, glo- a global market leader in um, uh, in, he- in the healthcare area, a bit like, a bit like CSL, Cockley. It's in the same category as those guys, except it's a lot cheaper. And at the moment, it's a triple green for Team Invest, which means... It's got the highest earnings ever. Its target price is uh, well below our required rate of return and the PE is in the bottom quartile of its range. Okay, so uh, that's uh, two stocks to look at post-crash. Oh, why are we saying that word? Just say buy on dip. <laughs> buy, buy on a, a very big dip. Big dip. We're, yeah, not, we're not talking right. a, a few points. We're talking about some of, the, how, some of our guests come on boards here saying, you know, 30 to 50%. So when you take your jaw off the, off the table, uh, what would you buy after a market crash? This yeah. is what Koshi, Once you're in recovery mode. That's what Koshi's getting at. Let me jump into a macro space. It's worth highlighting. We've got two lots of confidence reports today. The weekly consumer sentiment has now increased for five weeks in a row. Now, the reason that's important is that the states are up and down under the hood. So imagine what confidence will look like if all the states are actually pulling together. Because at the moment, they're actually offsetting. We had Sydney up, Melbourne down. Other times, we've had Brisbane up, Brisbane down. So neutral's 100. We're at 106. So imagine if all seven states and territories are actually feeling optimistic. I mean, we could be up, you know, 120, 130, consistent with GDP growth of 4%. Wouldn't that be nice? So that came out today. And a little while later, we had business confidence, which turned around from minus six to plus 13. Now that on a chart is pretty impressive. So again, vaccinations, roadmaps, it's all building up 
confidence, which is really good because, as you know, Andrew, the states have been bickering, finger-pointing, who's got vaccines, who doesn't. It finally feels like we're pulling together. Vaccination rates are heading in the right direction and households and businesses are saying, hooray, I'm now feeling more confident about the outlook. Yeah, of course, we are behind. In fact, um, you know, look at what's going on in the UK at the moment. In fact, I was just speaking with Fiona uh, Cincotta from uh, Stonex tonight. They're going to get their latest uh, on jobs figures. Uh, unemployment expected to dip again. Uh, creation of a lot of jobs. In fact, I think there are a million vacancies in oh, the UK wow. at the moment. A lot of those would be truck drivers, I reckon, no, because they can't, so. <laughs> struggling can't. delivering that fuel in particular. <laughs> sure uh, but um, look, the BOE, the Bank of England, uh, clearly concerned about where inflation is running at the moment. You know, a lot of that driven by where energy prices are going. But I think it's it's running close to four percent, clearly mm. way above the two percent target. It sure is. Now, the last BOE meeting, uh, Mike Saunders, who's been hawkish for a while, he finally found a friend. So there's two MPC members saying we should hike by year end. And in fact, Mike overnight, Mike Saunders, MPC member overnight said it's correct to price in a 50-50 chance for a rate hike by year end. Now, that's... That's about as hawkish as a central bank could get without pulling the trigger. So normally, unlike the RBA that keeps pushing back on market pricing, the MPC in the Bank of England are saying, we welcome this market pricing. So it's it's brought up all sorts of conversations, of course, because if you have an energy shock in households, plus you hike interest rates, that's a double squeeze on household budgets. So it's it's not automatic that you know interest rate response is the correct one. So that will make all central bank discussions really interesting right now. Energy crisis is it coming here? Uh, it will come here. I filled up to my horror the other day. So I thought, where did that come from? Uh, and so yes, there is an energy crisis coming here to a smaller extent. We haven't uh, shifted to renewables yet. Uh, I know to everyone's horror. So yes, electric- you haven't got your electric car in order then? Uh, no, there were a distinct lack of charges where I am. So <laughs> there's no point. I, you know, in theory, I'd love one, but you know, where the heck do you plug it in? Uh, so yeah, we have a lot. We have a lot more to get through before we have a true energy shock. Yeah, it's something to watch out there for clearly over the horizon. Uh, also on the horizon, in fact, we're on the eve of US earnings, so that's something we're really going to be watching as of tomorrow. We'll have a bit of commentary on mm-hmm. that, so uh, looking forward to how that pans out as well. Well, the financials are always fun. Uh, same with here in Australia. There's a, there was that provision for b- bad and doubtful debts. That hasn't come to uh, fruition. There's M&As, there's IPOs, there's all sorts of expectations for good results, so that kicks off tonight. All right. Looking forward to that, Annette. As always. (laughs) Cheers. See you in the morning.